0: Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. The first Thanksgiving dinner was a 100% consensual affair between people of a long-standing tradition and other people of a short notice. Everybody threw down. The settlers brought the turkey and potatoes and the Native Americans brought the mac and cheese. There was no language barrier, no religious disagreements, and nobody got sick. Just mmm, mm, yummy, and who wants seconds? But in today's modern world, when Thanksgiving is so hard to organize, when tradition is fraught with family feud, and when our country suffers year after year from racial inequality, imbalanced policing, and a rigged economy, historians are left to wonder... What could have possibly happened during the first Thanksgiving dessert? In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 7. Wax Philosophical. Well, hello there. Were, were you going my way? Maybe I was going your way. Maybe we went each other's way and just found each other in the middle. <laughs> this is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. Welcome, my friends. Welcome back. We're on our way home. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Dude, okay. You want to get pumped? You want to get juh jazzed You want to feel real fucking good? Uh, Or good without the uh, first O and good going, Uh, I highly recommend take a walk with some headphones, with some uh, sound equipment of some sort, be it a listening device on your phone and or boom box, and cruise on down the street, walk, and not cruise like cruising with uh, with uh, Al Pacino, that could get a little confusing and suggestive, um, but more like, you know, just going for it, walking, walking, walking down and up each of your streets at the pace of what I was singing earlier, which is Welcome to the Pleasure Dome by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. How have I not known about this? Well, I kind of knew about it because I think a few licks, as it were, from the track were used uh, for uh, the soundtrack in, I think, one of the most underrated, most fantastic Robin Williams movies, Toys, 1992, and a holiday movie. So as things come up, you know... Try that one out. It is bizarre. It's like living inside a, a Magritte painting with the idea that everything is uh, made out of the sort of contraptions of toys. So it's, it's sci fi out. It's hilarious. It's touching. It's moving. And it has a killer soundtrack. Great bits with some good 90s uh, staples. Enya, Seal, Tori Amos, (laughs) but lots of other great, great fucking lineup of artists, um, and Robin Williams, of course, in fine form, so I'd check that out, uh, but yeah, a song used throughout it, and that I've been walking to, baby, is Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, golly G. willikers, uh, do the whole version not any radio edit not any saved for time edit uh the one that's nearly 14 minutes i want to say it runs at around like 13 minutes and 40 some odd seconds cue it up walk to the pace that it presents to you dude if if you're not getting pumped by the 17th hoo-ha, hoo-ha, uh get your heart checked get your fucking pulse red look at your fucking life and and wonder why am i so boring well welcome back to the show you know how you all doing? ing how, how's it all uh hanging out there how's it hanging that's so funny who came up with that fucking phrase hey there harry how's it hanging it's none of your fucking business bob Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, I, w- I was spared, my friends, spared last night of a situation that could have been real gnarly. Woo! Um, It all started with a charley horse. Charley horse! Hey, look at that man down there. That right there is charley horse. Yeah, why do we... Okay, so a charley horse, for those of you who have woken up today and never heard of that term, uh, you've experienced it, I'm sure. Damn, is it fucking arresting! Uh, my left, uh, back of my thigh, what is that? Is that the, um, is that the, no, it wouldn't be the quadricep, hamstring, but that's such a, what's the, what's the fucking muscle there? Oh no, I'm sorry, Mrs. Kendall, seventh grade science, I, I I blew it. No, I remember most anatomy, but I'm trying to remember just, you know, that, that hamstring area. It seized up last night when I was sitting right where I'm sitting now, which is back in the crib. No, don't do it. Don't cry. I told you, baby, it was just a figure of speech. Now we got to put the baby back to sleep. Oh, gee. So yeah, I got this 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 pain in my leg last night and it fucked me up. It hurt, hurt, hurt. Ouch, ouch, ouch. I was literally doing that thing where you're just like rubbing the back of your leg with both your hands and you're going, ow, oh, ow, oh, ow, oh, ow, oh, ow. Oh. Fuck, 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 fuck. Ah, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's wrong with you? Ah, stop hurting, stop hurting, stop hurting. You know that one? Woo, man, it got rough. And what ended up happening is I had to just bolt straight from my desk because behind me is my bed you see when I'm doing this at the crib I'm sitting here at a little desk it's a little round table I shall form knights of a uh, a round table that is specifically the Nigel Terry rendition of King Arthur in Excalibur check it out um and uh I just had to bolt from the round table and i still had my headphones on so i nearly which are attached to my laptop so that nearly yanked the whole fucking apparatus off my table to which i saved it and i heard something clatter to the ground but looked around for a second didn't seem to notice what was up went straight to my bed to lie down and just fucking attend to this wound i luckily have a little bit of cbd lotion CBD is incredible, by the way. Y'all know about CBD? Cannabidiol? Or cannabidiol, however we're supposed to pronounce it? That, my friends, I do believe is the real reason why Madame Marijuanas is often exiled in the circles she frequents. Uh, Cannabis has a lot of beautiful chemical properties. Not all of them in the service to get you high. And one of them... Cannabidiol cannabidiol, is uh, CBD in the service of truly healing or at least bringing pain down to a manageable level. So I rubbed some of that lotion in. I had to hiss between my teeth a few more times, roll around in the bed in a bit of agony. And then I finally soothed everything down and had a nice rest of the evening. Well, I wake up today and I go over to the old round table again, and I looked down to see what that little object was, the thing that I thought I had heard clattering to the ground when I bolted from the table. Turns out I knocked over a candle. It had been knocked over, and luckily just all that had happened, though rather messy, was a pool of now dried candle wax Now, fee you that there was no fire, because, oh, I have a bit of a mess going on in this part of my room. And there is a clutter, as they say in Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, the source material for Blade Runner, by Philip K. Dick. No giggling now. A term from that novel is kipple, and that's basically really stressful accumulation of unused objects sort of uh, cluttered and growing by themselves, outweighing the human warmth in the room. Sounds grim? You should try reading the whole novel. (laughs) So I, uh, I look down and I'm thinking, my fucking God, thank goodness... There was no fire because that kipple, that accumulation of mess right there, it's got, you know, there's various paper items and cloth item, cloth, 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 clothing items. Ah, yeah, I had straight up forgotten that I had a lit candle and it spilt all over. Now, what probably saved me is that as it fell down, all that spilt wax snuffed it out and it spilt all over a few things. Luckily, nothing extremely important, but <laughs> it did. The significant uh, majority of the dried wax was splattered all over the cover of a book that I scored at the down the street flea market. Why do they call it flea market? That just sounds like when you go in there, you're going to walk out with parasites. But the point is a little corner store where they often have really. Cool, rare books just right there on the table for a quick, easy one buck, two buck, five buck. And so I got an old used book of Carl Sagan, The Cosmos. Great series, great book. But the cover was just absolutely splattered with dry candle wax. And it kind of looked a lot like someone or something had jizzed all over the universe. Because the cover is one of those beautiful explosion of stars and gas in some galaxy. And uh, sure enough, there was a a Milky Way of its own all over the uh, cover. Okay, that's just in bad taste, Alex. We were doing fine, and now you're going to talk about cum? Well, I mean, it's part of life. We can't be here without it. I'm so sorry. But uh, just when I even thought of that, right in the moment I said aloud, oh, geez, it's like something jizzed all over the universe right here. And not just any universe, all over Carl Sagan's cosmos. I couldn't help but think of Carl Sagan kind of looking at me strangely and saying, well, although you have artistic license to wax philosophical, as it were, young Alex, it is... Rather silly to compare the spilt wax to the spontaneous Big Bang that has brought forth life as we know it through billions and billions of galaxies stretched across the cosmos. And I find you comparing that to jism, to be rude, crude, and uncouth. So... Thank goodness for whatever it was. God, goddess, goodness looked out for me. I didn't have a fire uh, going on, and that could have been (laughs) a very dramatic evening. And sometimes it's just lovely to have a comedy instead of a tragedy. Well, now, how's everyone doing out there? Uh, By the time you're hearing this, if you're doing it as they're being released... Uh, Thanksgiving would have come and gone by now and I hope you all celebrated responsibly and I want to remind those of you who weren't able to go home and see your families this year for whatever reason not the least of which to observe the COVID reality and simply choose not to expose yourself nor anyone else to any risk So you decided to play it a little more solo, and with that may have come a bit of sadness, a bit of ennui. I want to uh, remind you that that's okay. A lot of the world, more of the world than you think, has to fly solo on many of these occasions. The whole family must happen, tradition must be upheld. You know, yes, plenty of families do that, but it's not for everyone, and it doesn't make you any less of a participating human being to have not done the calendar version of what is happening well despite the craziness of what's been happening uh you know i'm i'm actually been having a pretty good week thank goodness and (laughs) there's some good nostalgia that's been going down this week and it doesn't always come in a good flavor nostalgia Even if you have a happy memory, it can be a little wistful when it comes up. And so, you know, going down memory lane can be a little tender. It can be a little fragile, a little potentially... And uh, luckily this week, there's been a lot of uh, funny memories going down. (laughs) I just recalled the other night how i really learned the word fuck and let's face it folks we all learned that word very very young <laughs> we we heard it we heard an adult or another kid say it and we kind of knew it when we heard it too the first time you heard fuck said ah uh, you you knew what was up even if maybe it's an ancestral memory what what amuses me is we can't discount the possibility the the high likelihood that our ancestors way back to the cave had their own word which is the ah, fuck you know or fuck you that's that's just always been there it's as old as any sound so how did i first hear this word i'm in about first grade i do believe and uh, I walk into the living room, and my parents are watching Lethal Weapon 2. And, uh, I, you know, I gotta say, watching them later in my adulthood, I think 2 is the best. Maybe I'm a contrarian, you know, some people, uh, yeah, the first one's a classic. Uh, you know, you get Joe Pesci in number 2. Uh, some funny moments, and it, of course, means a lot to me. Because this is my first memory of hearing fuck said in a movie. Um, Or just at all in life. I don't think I had heard uh, anyone in person say it just yet. And uh, now mind you, when I say my parents, I'm pretty sure it was my dad's choice to watch Lethal Weapon 2. It's very unlikely that my mother said, you know, we could watch uh, Sense and Sensibility. We could watch Bird on a Wire. (laughs) But you know what? Let's watch Lethal Weapon 2. So when I walk into the living room, I see on the screen the moment where Mel Gibson is uh, staring down these white power baddies And it's the moment before he shoots the fish tank. uh, And he's saying to them uh, something, and and the best way, let's see, can I recall what he says? He's like, you're going to fold up your tents and get the fuck out of my country. All right? Because if you don't, I'm going to fuck your ass and send you back with your balls in a sling. You know, some Shakespearean flow going on there. All I remember was the word fuck said in that movie moment. (laughs) But what I thought I had heard was feck. F-E-C-K. Feck. Yes, feck. That's what I thought I had heard. And what's a first grader to do but go to school the next day and just say that word every chance he could to everyone he met, maybe even to the teachers for crying out loud. But I was going around going, feck this, feck you, feck your mother, feck you. No, I don't think I had known that much yet with it. And I really thought I was the shit. I really thought I was just saying a word that no one had heard yet. I was Prometheus, bringing to the people the profanity that I had stolen. There I am, first grade, going around, saying, feck this, feck you, feck everyone. And who should correct me that day, setting me straight to say the word correctly? A kindergartner! But he was always this big viking of a kid. This kid who's already bigger than me, a grade younger than me, pulls me aside as I'm going feck, feck, feck. And he says, hey, hey, hey man, listen, come here. It's fuck. And from that day forward, I knew how to properly profane. So I I think we all can learn from the younger generation if we just listen to them yeah well I love a lot of words and I am not exempt from enjoying the f-word I like to say fuck I like to use it in its many different forms and uh, I think it's sort of uh, like elbows on the table rule um, when I was a kid, I like anyone else of that age would often put my elbows on the table, and my mother, who was never a disciplinarian but definitely a good uh, soothsayer, not only in her ability to somewhat tell the future sometimes, which she can do—it's kind of freaky, but and and very powerful and very admirable, I must say. She also uh, is she she says things soothingly. Uh, you, you see what I did there. And, uh, she would just advise me very gently, no, no, we don't put our elbows on the table. And then I would look around and see some of the older people, the adults doing that and say, yeah, but mom, what, what they got their elbows on the table. And they said, ah, but see, they know better now. See when you, the day, you know, the difference, that's when you can put your elbows on the table. So this is one of those times where I know the difference because it's my podcast and I will say, fuck all I want Because in 1776, our forefathers laid down for us a foundation of free speech, which we continue to exercise to this day, even though a lot of people want you to be silent because they don't have the bravery to say what they want and know that words at the end of the day are just an expression and can't really burn a building down. Knocking over a candle and not knowing about it can burn a building down. But sometimes you get lucky. Now then, speaking of memory lane, I got a wonderful message the other day from a voice of the past who has, of course, carried her voice well into the present. This is... One of my first friends. In fact, I must say, dear listeners, that this is probably my first best friend that I ever made. We were probably anywhere between, what What would we be? Probably three, four, or five. Maybe a little bit older, but just, you know, little sprouts, little buds, just, you know, the, the the contents of the garden in the kindergarten. Yeah, this is good. The kindren will meet each other and become friends. Well, I met her at a park that unofficially was titled Stick Park. Her name is Marisa, and she is a true soul sister. I've been very lucky throughout my life as an only child to find brothers. I've been very blessed to, throughout my whole years thus far, to have one, two, maybe even some more of good men with whom I can become quite good friends and also reach that point where we feel bonded like brothers. And I've been very lucky to also find some soul sisters. And this is soul sister number one. And uh, Marisa has always been one of the rainbow. In fact, who's Marisa? Next time a rainbow comes out, you look up into the sky and you look into that band of colors there. And you look between those colors, you're going to see Marisa. Marisa. Sometimes, especially if you look between the green and blue parts of that spectrum, you'll see her emerging. That's where Marisa lives. She comes from the rainbow. And she always has, ever since I knew her. You know, she's a magic weaver, a spellcaster. I dare say it takes one to know one. And, uh definitely a lot of my ideology my mythology my appreciation for stories and storytelling and magical places folkloric things that would lend itself to cs lewis and tolkien and peter beagle ie the guy who wrote the last unicorn you know that that kind of fantastical world it was it was fostered and, and it was it was built up, and it was continued through a wonderful early friendship. Well, you know, years pass. People go on their own voyages. They go to different schools. They live in different states. And then we luckily get connected later on. And I had a fantastic Zoom meeting with her last night, because that's the reality we live in now, folks. You know what's up. It's Zoom. None of us wanted to at first. Oh, Zoom. I have no room for Zoom. I just hope to see you Zoom without that Zoom because. Well, actually, uh, we've become quite good fans, haven't we all? We, we dig that Zoom. It's much more in person than we had originally thought. <laughs> silver linings in the COVID era. Corona culture comes with its silver linings. We had a really great screen-to-screen, face-to-face reunion. And just everything came back. We talked about old stories. We checked in with each other. We got real about some stuff. We revisited old uh, shared realities. Do you remember that one thing? Yes, I do! You know, that's such a special thing to find in life a reconnection with an old friend when you confirm these magical moments that are tucked into the far archives and alcoves of the mind. And now Marisa is walking the path of the artist. She's a singer and a songwriter, and the words she sings and the songs she writes are the vocal fuel for slutty hearts. Now, if you don't know about Slutty Hearts, they're a band from Portland. And you can check them out on the IG at Slutty Hearts. And you can check Marisa out at Pajama Pop. And I want to play for you all a song of theirs. I'm happy to say that I am proud to be able to play this sound on this program. The track is called Storm, and it's the single off their upcoming album, trash treasure. Hit it. Sirs and madams, that's how you do it. Once again, the track is Storm by Slutty Hearts off their upcoming album, Trash Treasure. I love those lyrics too. Good writing there, Marisa. The part I like especially is the chorus. It goes, I heard there was a darkness in this town. You said, oh no, it's long gone now. I can see it in the trees, and I can taste it while you sleep. It's in my bones. Don't you just love how she sings out bones? That's fucking awesome. It's in my bones, and I, I love it so. And I, I love it so. So look at that. Someone who sprang from the spectral spread of a rainbow is embracing the darkness. That is hero's work, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really lucky to have OG friends like Marisa. Well, my friends, I hope you continue to cultivate the rainbow within you. I hope you continue to honor all of the colors that are shining forth and shining within. Support some artists, not just with your listening and with your viewing and with your money, but like, don't be afraid to say, hey, I see what you're doing and I like it. Nah, 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 not for me, not for me. I mean, go ahead, please do say something for my ego's sake. He's so sensitive. But you know, you got that neighbor, you got that relative, you got that co-worker, you have that longtime friend, and you see that they're doing something, something not expected of them, something that has nothing to do with the economic wheel, something that comes straight from the heart onto paper, onto the airwaves. Give them a little, hey, I see you there. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing coming from these questing artists, say it. It's a beautiful exchange that you can have with another human being. All right, my friends, I am thankful for you all to be listening. I am thankful for every breath that I am afforded during this strange breathless time. And I'm just hoping that all of you are finding that thanks and that grace and that giggle as you go through this roller coaster. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme.